why don't we just jump on in um, and you can tell us, just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about like what you do and who you are. Sure. Uh, my name is Kirk Mastin. I'm the founder of Mastin Labs, and we are a company that, through our love of film, have made uh, film emulations for Lightroom and ACR, and also for the iPhone through Filmborn. Um, we love film, and we spread the gospel of film, and uh, we're, we're here to help photographers in many, many ways. Okay. Now I'm not a photographer, so probably everyone else knows what you mean, but just for my benefit, like film emulation, does that mean like shooting with digital and it looks like it was shot on film? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. I could use, I could use a, a word like filter, although I feel like it's a dirty word, um, because it, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do justice to what we've made. Um, but yeah, it's like a filter or a preset, um, right. for, yeah, for Lightroom or, or Photoshop. Or that your. gives like a, fil- a film look. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we've we well. I was a film shooter. I still am a film shooter since I started. Um, even back at the newspaper, like twenty years ago now, and I couldn't find anything when when I I got to a point where I wanted to shoot film again for clients. So I'd, I'd always been shooting film, um, but I couldn't find a way to get all of my stuff to match when I delivered it, like to especially to my wedding clients. And so, uh, I just started from scratch. I, I bought a Fuji frontier scanner from a lab that was closing and I developed everything locally with a friend of mine here so I could control the process. And I started reverse engineering that scanner and my film scans into Lightroom to make something that was truly accurate. And that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. But that's what we do. Do you feel like you could look at any photo and know if it was shot on film or digital? Um, yes, most of the time, most of the time. Um, even, even with what we make, uh, if I was to look at a grid of photos, like in Lightroom, if you went to the develop panel and and showed like, you know, 20 photos, like in the, in the light box thing, I would say, mm-hmm. I would say like looking at something that way, I could spot like the film photo out of that batch. If, if some of them were digital and some of them were film, but on a, right. on a shot by shot basis, uh, especially with what we make, I, I can't tell the difference. Um, there's just something about seeing like a lot of photos at once. You can kind of pick out the ones that are and aren't. Um, but there, there are people in the mass and labs community that post grids of images where they're like, some of this is film and some is digital. And there are community members that are so good at using, uh, our products that I can't tell the difference at all, (laughs) even in a grid. So what do you, what do you think is like the allure to the look of film? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, it's definitely like as a non photographer, it's spoken about with great reverence. And whenever I see a photo, you know, especially like a print and, and I'm told it was shot on film. I can definitely see like, there's a magic there, but like, what, what do you think it is? That's so great about it. Well, so what I love about film is that there's some kind of organic quality to it. I'm sure this has been said a million times and by many people, uh, there's, there's something that our brain I think picks up when, when we view a film photo where it's the, imperfections in it or the the things are not like perfect, I guess we, we, you wouldn't be able to say exactly what, like it's, I'm not talking about like 
dust spots on the negative or scratches or like a lens flare, not, not, right. not obvious stuff, but just kind of in general, there's a feeling to it of it being authentic of, of you being there in the moment. Um, that being said, like, like there's ways the film render renders color that I think are really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. one thing, I, the way I always thought about it was that film was developed over like 200 years by artists, by, by people at, at several different companies who looked at the world and said, this is how I want to represent skin tone or foliage or whatever, according to what I think is beautiful or what our company's ideas of what is beautiful. And, right. and they would do this through a chemical process. And so they'd have different films for different things. Like, you know, Vel- Fuji Velvia was for landscapes. It made landscapes look beautiful, like especially greens and red. Um, not so good for skin, actually really terrible for skin, makes skin like super mm-hmm. red. But that film was made to make landscapes look good. Whereas like the portrait films that Kodak made were specifically designed to make especially white people look really good and healthy. Um, you know, portrait comes from portrait and that was Mm -hmm. like a a film developed from the ground up to make certain skin tones look really good. Um, and, and that's because those were the people in Rochester where Kodak was that, that they developed around, like, you know, it was like all Caucasian people. So they developed their film for that. And you go to like Fuji films and those films are really, really great for uh, darker skin or skins skin with like different undertones than Caucasian skin would have. And so right. all those films were like developed for skin tones in Asia, for example, which translates well to like African American skin tones and Hispanic skin tones and so on. Um, anyway, I, I really dork out about this stuff, but no, I like I like it. I've, it never occurred to me kind of what you're saying about how the film was developed to be how like Kodak or whoever, like whatever they thought looked good to them. You yeah. just sort of think of photos as like, there's the world. And then here's a picture of that exact thing. But there's definitely some, some influence and, and artistic sort of translation that goes on. Absolutely. And, and the, the big difference between film and digital is, and I, I always think this to myself, Film was made by artists and digital was made by engineers. Interesting. Um, yes, because the digital photography sensor engineer, their, their, their job is to like put a yellow cup in front of the camera and take a picture of it and have it appear exactly the same color of yellow on the back of the screen. Right. As it does to their eyes in the room. Yes. And that's why yeah. digital is so, in my opinion, just so incredibly boring unless you, <laughs> Um, you know, unless you edit it and a lot of people hand edit, which I think is a oh, super labor intensive and a nightmare and very inconsistent. Um, and then the alternative to that is to like, just do a straight edit where it's just like contrast and white balance. And that's just like, uh, kind of boring too. I mean, it can look fine. Like for some commercial work, if you want it to be like product work, like a catalog, it's gotta be right. like a- accurate. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the only other alternative are like presets essentially. Um, and yeah, anyway, I hate to use that word because we spend years, uh, shooting and testing for different presets that take years to make because it's really hard to model how film works in different kinds of light and have it be accurate. Uh, 
so our, our scientific process we've made is actually pretty elaborate to get to these presets. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, because there's presets everywhere these days. Yeah, preset, preset sounds like, like quick and dirty, but that's not the impression that I'm getting <laughs> from what oh, no. you guys have made. <laughs> no, no. Um, what would you say? So there's a lot of photographers in the, in the world who shoot only digital and who yeah. think that shooting film sounds terrifying. Like what's, what's hard about shooting film? Why doesn't everybody shoot it? Oh, great question. <clears throat> Here's my opinion. We've been taught that film is hard. It's actually really easy, but I think it's in the best interest of a lot of educators and people out there to make it appear difficult. Um, right. so that they can, you can pay them to teach you how to shoot film. Um, <laughs> but in reality, like you only need to know one thing overexpose. Like, like if you're shooting negative film, color, negative film, which is the most common kind of film, right. and this, this advice does not apply to slide film. You would totally screw it up if you did that. And it doesn't really apply to black and white film. Black and white doesn't have that much latitude compared to color negative. But, okay. uh, we made a course on how to shoot film that is, I can tell you in like two sentences and this is all you need to know. And anyone listening, if you want to shoot film, this is all you got to do. Just <laughs> get, get any old film camera, any old manual camera. It does not matter any, like as long as it works, it could be your grandparents <laughs> camera. It could be like, you just go to like value village and get a camera. Like a, it's a thrift store. Um, you put Portra 400 in it. So go buy a roll of Portra 400, set your shutter speed to one, one twenty-fifth of a second and your aperture to F4 and then go out and shoot. And whether you're shooting at high noon or, you know, at sunset or by a window indoors, it's going to come out perfect. Amazing. It's that easy. That's that easy. That's all you got to do. Like people, people will tell you, like you have to learn all this stuff. You go to like, um, like creative live, they're, they're amazing, but like they, they would have a film course where it'd be like, okay, first we're going to learn the meter and then we're going to like learn all these F stops and shutter speeds and film reciprocity and all this. I, I went to school for that myself down in, uh, at Brooks, the Brooks Institute down in California. Right. You, you could learn all that stuff and spend $50,000, whatever, like in school. And really what it all comes down to is film likes a lot of light. As long as you overexpose, it'll be all right. I just picked that up. It rhymes. Um, but yeah, that's all you, you got to do. That's all you got to do to get started. And if you shoot one roll of film and you find success, like you, you have it scanned at a really good lab, like the find lab in Utah, um, or, or, you know, a pro lab and you get those scans back, you will be forever changed. You, you will, you will go film is like film speaks to my heart. It, it's amazing. I love it. And then you'll start shooting it and then you can learn all that other stuff, but you just got to wow. get that one role done and be excited about it. It's like falling in love. Like it's not a logical thing that you can, like I see people debate on F stoppers. Like someone posts something about film and there's all these people that chime in and go, well, film only has a dynamic range of, 12 stops and the new Sony blah, blah, blah has got 17 stops. And therefore film sucks. And you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah. If you want to like put it on paper, all the reasons the digital is better than film, go ahead. But like, I guarantee you, if you just shoot a roll and you get it back, 
you'll fall in love. And it, it doesn't matter what the, the details are. You'll be converted. So that's what we try to do at Master Labs, too, is get people to shoot actual film. Anyway, sorry. It sounds like when you're having like a debate about two men or maybe in your case, two women, or you're probably married, but whatever, I'll just make this about me for a minute. And you have the one who's like on paper, like there's a lot of pros and the pros and cons, but for some reason you just, you just go to go with the other one. Who's like a little less on paper, correct. But you feel more, Yes. you know, like maybe there's less F stops to such and such a man, but yeah, but you love them. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I understand what you're saying. And yeah. so you just, I kind of cut you off because I always bring it back to my singleness and men, but, um, you yeah, were saying, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> sweet. um, you were saying, uh, something about that you guys do try to encourage people to shoot film, which I guess makes sense because, you know, you want people to love film in order to love your product that makes digital look like film. So like, where do you sit as far as like you want people to shoot digital and use your product? Like how does that all work? Um, honestly, like the biggest indicator of success for mass and labs would be that no one needed us anymore. Like we got so many people into shooting film that we went out of business. Um, <laughs> that's our goal. Uh, I mean, that's not our goal. We got a business obviously, but you know, that, that, that's the, that's the way that we're heading is like, I mean, I started Massa Labs because if I didn't get more people into shooting film, film would disappear. Film, film was like within a minute of being gone forever, like 10 years ago or less. And I love film. I can't imagine not shooting film anymore. I, I only shoot film for myself uh, when I go shoot, except for film born on the iPhone, like if I'm shooting with my iPhone. And, and if people weren't buying film, then obviously they would have to shut down and, and they did, you know, they, they stopped shooting, you know, stopped making a lot of films. Um, but, but the problem right now is I call them like digital natives, like people that are born without ever experiencing film. They don't even know what it looks like, like, like what a roll of film looks like or how to load a camera. Those people you're not going to, you're not going to be able to yell at them and be like, come on, like film's amazing. Like drop everything you're doing. Like it's so worth it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, they're, they don't know what you're talking about and, and they'll see, they'll see crap in the comments section on F stoppers or Petapixel where they're just like, Oh yeah, well yeah, film is stupid. Um, but through mass and labs, like by accurately emulating different films to where it's indiscern you, you can't discern between what is film and what is digital like when you use our product you can get people mm-hmm. to start getting a feel for those films and fall in love with them and go okay i'd like to try the real thing like i i understand now like why it's good and right. and part of that is we offer a ton of free education on shooting film that, that we share with our community and we encourage our community and we have lessons and videos. It's kind of our sneaky way of saving film is to be like, Hey, try this product. You know, you've heard film is like super cool right now, whatever you try it (laughs) and you go, wow, like my work is really consistent. I love the feeling of this. It feels like beautiful, but not fake or overdone. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of like an, like an Instagram filter would. Right. and then they're, they're in love with it. And then we hit them with all the education with that first lesson being like, Hey, there's no excuse. You just set your camera on this setting, 
and go shoot. Yeah. Um, Cause people are so afraid of getting it wrong. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's like a damn, it's a roll of film and some developing to like try something completely new. Um, yeah. And then people go nuts. I mean, as soon as I've seen people in our community who have like 10 film cameras now and are just like, I don't even shoot digital anymore, but I'm, I'm here to share, you know, what I'm doing with film. And that's awesome. I like it. It's very, it's very noble actually. Like you, you've built a business, which obviously is a good thing for you, like in the world financially, but, but it's nice that you have sort of this, this noble artistic heart of wanting to, to promote, you know, the actual film shooting. I like that. Yeah. And it's, it's um, like one thing I really believe that separates a, not a mediocre photographer, but let's say a, a photographer that's struggling in their business or just kind of blends in with one that kind of breaks out and really establishes themselves. I think one mm-hmm. thing that, that really determines that is your consistency. Totally. Whether, whether you use mass and labs or you do hand edit or whatever. Well, actually I'm very against hand edits. That'd be like a whole nother interview, but whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever system you use, to edit, you need to be consistent Um, because you need to establish a foundation for your work where if someone were to see your image in a grid of images in Google search or whatever, they'd be like, Oh yeah, that's a Kirk Maston photo. Right. Like I I can tell because he always has these colors, this, this clean style of editing or this way of shooting portraits or whatever. And all those consistent actions you take, that's what makes you stand out. It's not like one breakout photo that you take. That's amazing. That wins some awards. And now you're like, well known. No, it's like doing that grind every day where you, where you're like making decisions that you commit to. Um, for me, film was great because I didn't trust myself editing. Like, especially when I did hand edits, like I would like get kind of stuck on one trend for a while and then slowly shift to another or maybe like one day I would have a lot of energy to edit. So I do like a ton of adjustments. And then the next day I'm just like, Oh my God, I just got to get this wedding done and out the door. And I'll just like fly through some hand edits, like not doing a very good job. And then you look at the whole picture of it and it's like, there's no consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like film, when I started shooting portrait 400, it was like so liberating. It was like, all I have to do is focus on what's in front of the camera. Like, what the moment is, what, what I'm feeling, you know, how I'm connecting with my subject. And then the film is going to take care of everything else. And I won't have to worry that I'm being inconsistent. Um, and that changed. It wasn't necessarily film. It was just that consistency that changed my career, making those decisions. And that even eventually came to, I only shot with two lenses the last 15 years of my career. I shot with a 50 and a 35 and I Mm -hmm. shot all film. And those like three things that established a lot of my style and that, that changed everything. So anyway, super important. Love it. And you still shoot weddings or what do you shoot mainly? Um, I, I put my time in for weddings. God bless weddings. Um, (laughs) I, I, I loved it, but, uh, you know, I can't do that my whole life. Um, I was always into more documentary work, long, long-term projects. And so I've, I've returned to that in the last like five or six years. Um, so lately what I shoot, uh, are 
uh, eight by 10 black and white portraits of cold water surfers, um, all, all over the place. Cause that's kind of what I like to do personally. So, um, that's, Wait, that's cold, my shift. Cold water surfers. So like not Hawaii, like, yeah, explain. <laughs> uh, so like, uh, so I go surfing at Westport, Washington a lot. Okay. Yeah. And there's a few kind of famous surfers that came out of there. There's a guy named Dane Purley, who was a real famous longboarder. He, he actually mm-hmm. made my, made my board personally that I have now. Nice. Um, but there's this little tiny surfing community inside of this like crusty, super old fishing community there. And, uh, I, I just kind of started documenting it with my eight by 10. Um, cause I felt like it was changing right now. Like people were discovering Westport and, and it's true. There's like more and more people coming every summer or all year round. And I wanted to capture that before it really changed. I, I just recognize it as an, as an important historical shift. So I was trying to get portraits of all the main people there, you know, that, that you would see in the parking lot over and over again, or you go surfing with that are like, you know, some of them are like 70 years old. Um, you know, some of them are really young, this guy monkey, he's really cool. He's got this old beat up truck that you, you would, if you saw his truck, you know, he's surfing there. It's like crazy old piece together truck. He's amazing. Um, I've shot him a few times. I've shot some of the people he works with at the surf shop. This one woman from Germany or no, she's from Austria named Anna. She's probably, I don't know. She's 50. Maybe she moved, she moved to uh, Westport with her son and started working in a surf shop from like Austria and she surfs every day and has a super beautiful, interesting face. And, and so I'm like seeking out these people, uh, to capture. So that's, that's what I do now. No, no more weddings. Just fun stuff. Not the weddings aren't fun, but really. Oh, it was hella fun. Weddings were great. I went all over the world. I mean, life was a party for years. How did you get into photography? You mentioned you went to school. Like, did you, were you into photography as a kid or how did that happen? Um, my, my grandparents lived in Indio, which is a, it is, is in, uh, it's near Palm Springs, California. They had a a date ranch and I'd go there around Christmas time and they had all these national geographic magazines, like hundreds of them. And that was one thing I looked forward to doing was to look through those because it, I don't know. It's just like kind of traveling all over the world, uh, through beautiful photos. And I really admired that. That was like when I was like eight or nine. Um, but I really didn't take any photos for myself until I graduated from college. And I knew that I wanted to, to travel again. Uh, I, I'd lived abroad a few times. Um, and so I asked for a camera for graduation. I got this, really basic, uh, Nikon N 65 film camera with like a kit lens. And then I moved to, um, Thailand and I lived out in that area for about a year, like rock climbing and taking photos and getting up to no good. Um, and that, that kind of kicked it off so that when I came back to the States, I was ready to do that as a job. Um, but I didn't start taking photos till I was like 20, 22 maybe okay. 20. And I felt like, Oh man, I can't believe I started doing photography so late. Like I'm so far behind and I was so depressed about it. Um, but I mean, it, it all, it all worked out. 
Yes. Now you've been to way up North before. Yes. With Matt. Um, just as a, as a favorite vendor, <clears throat> but now you're going to talk. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, way up North That's- is like the best photography conference I've ever been to. Yes. Um, yeah. The energy is so high and the creativity and, and just seeing viewpoints from all over the world there. Um, I'm really excited about that. And, and I also feel that the things that I'm going to be teaching, um, and my background are kind of new to Europe in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm excited to try to help people as much as I can, uh, with their businesses and with their vision and, you know, unlocking their own success through, through really actually very simple things that anyone can do. Um, I'm excited for that. So have you, have you talked at, at many conferences? I have. Yeah. All over, all over the States. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. It's a little, it was a little nerve wracking when I first started <laughs> totally, totally honest, but it's not so bad now. I think that's normal, but now are you going to be like 0% nervous? Like, all right, let's do this thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm never going to be 0%. I think, I think that's the energy you feed off of to, uh, really give it your all. Um, a little bit of nervousness is a good thing. I think totally. Yes. I'm stoked. It's a, it's an honor. I want, I want to connect with the audience and I really do believe that what I'm teaching will help them. No, I, I don't believe I know. I know. I like your confidence. You're going yeah. to help, help some digital natives. Yeah. 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 But it's not even, I'm not even really talking about film. I'm, I'm talking about like, I mean, everyone, you know, anyone is free to talk to me about film as much as they want when I'm there. Like I'm, I'm all about, um, talking and helping people before and after speaking. Um, but what I'm really going to be speaking on is how to transform your business, um, by taking away images or things that you do that are holding you back. Um, it's not even about learning a new skill. It's about really just stepping back and trimming away the, the mediocre BS that is holding back your best work. And it's an entire system, uh, to do this, that once you learn is very intuitive and it makes a lot of sense, but it's something that you wouldn't think of. I don't think anyone would really think about on their own. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. I only kind of figured it out cause I had to, um, yes. to survive. So, cool. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's always funny for me to listen. Um, the first time I did Way Up North, you know, I kind of thought I would like nap once I got someone on stage because I'm so jet lagged when I'm there. But everyone's oh, yeah. talks are really compelling and I find them like relevant, even though I'm not a photographer. You know, I have a business and a lot of things cross over. So I'm going to listen to you. You sound, you sound like it might be a good one. Huh. Thank you. I, yeah. I think, I think what I'm talking, what I'll be talking about applies to very many different kinds of business, anything visual, especially. Um, and really it's like, gosh, it's a combination of what I learned, um, making my own portfolio good enough to work for like the LA times and New York times and things like that. When I was really young, combined with what it took for me to transform my wedding business combined with a lot of the business stuff that I learned building Masson labs. 
and, and how to do reputation control, um, how to present the image of yourself online or your company online that will get you the clients that you want and get the clients who will pay you what you need to be paid to, to do your job, like to be really, you know, on top. And yeah, anyway, it's, it's a good one. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I'm going to, I have like 30 seconds of the amount of time I promised you that this would take left. So I'm going to end by asking you, um, what is something that like that people would be surprised to know about you? I mean, you yeah. already revealed that you're a surfer, so you can't use that. Do you have, like, <laughs> do you have any hidden talent or just like something weird about Kirk Mastin? Oh boy. It's a hard question. I realize. <laughs> okay. I, I once smuggled alcohol from Thailand to Indonesia with a man who owned a sailboat who was dating an Indonesian princess. And that was a super exciting time in my life. But and now, did yeah. you take any photos? <laughs> oh man, I took a few photos, but it, you know, it was, by its very nature, it was kind of undercover. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. And that, that has led me to now many, many years later, getting certified by us sailing and the American sailing association to do my own big voyages. Um, which is really funny. But yeah. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to sign it off. I'm going to let you go back to your, back to your day, but thank you so much for chatting with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Can't wait we'll to be there. You. I guess we'll see you in like a month. Yes. Yes. Can't wait. Okay. Thanks, Kirk. Thank you. 